The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Right now, we're in the midst of our 57th anniversary, 57 years of teaching people how to live healthy, happy, and prosperous lives. As a matter of fact, if you're in the Chicagoland area, I would recommend, highly recommend that you stop by this Sunday. We're having a very special service. Uh, we've changed the time. Uh, the time this Sunday only is 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we're doing a live recording of the of our new CD, music CD, with our choir and the Reverend Derek B. Wells. So it's going to be really exciting this Sunday. Make sure you don't miss it. Also, if you're in the Chicagoland area, we're having an anniversary gala at our banquet facility, The Legacy, and that will be at 5 p.m. You can call the church at 773-568-2282 to get more information or go on our website, www.cutemple.org. By the way, that show, uh, the live recording will not be streamed. So for our people out there that listen, that watch the stream, um, if you're out of town, unfortunately, and you can't be here to see in person the live recording, you won't have an opportunity to uh, see it um, or hear it until the CD comes out. Anyway, we're in the midst of a series based upon the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. And I've requested that everyone who is listening to this show, this series in particular, get the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth and read along with the chapters. I'm teaching the book one chapter at a time, week after week. And this week we're on chapter 11, the law of compensation. Now, I know some folks will say last week I didn't really finish that other chapter. But yet again, uh, after going back and thinking about what I said, I said what I needed to say. You're reading the chapters so the inner teacher, the whole spirit of God within you, can reveal to you what needs to be revealed. What I'm working with from the standpoint of the book is to pull out highlight points and enhance it. Also, this part of the book, um, really deals with the Sermon on the Mount. And I and all of these scriptures I taught in great detail when I did the series on the Sermon on the Mount. If you go through my archives, you'll see that I did the Sermon on the Mount verse by verse. Therefore, all of this material has already been covered. Now, moving on to page 134 in the book, The Law of Compensation. And he goes through a lot of conversation and he goes right to the new thought metaphysical understanding on page 134 in the third paragraph when he states, every day is a day of judgment. We are told, choose you this day whom you will serve from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And we make our choice constantly. We decide to dwell on the right side of divine law or we break the law. Now, I'm going to. Pause there for a moment. We use terms like break the law, but the law is an aspect of God 
I don't necessarily believe we break the law. I think we get the fulfillment of the law, whether that's, you know, we're planting seeds of peace, harmony, prosperity, and health, or discard in harmony and other things. Discord and and all of those things have their own consequences, their own effects. Peace, love, joy, etc. have their own effects. So I don't really use the term break the law. Um, you know, you don't break the law of gravity. We'll talk later about how you can transcend it, transcend the law of gravity through the law of aerodynamics. But you don't break the law of gravity. You know, um, you know, you don't break the law of water, you know, uh, always rises, you know, uh, to its own level or however that works. The point of it is this. When we use language, sometimes we use language humanly to ex- try to explain divine things. And since universal law is an aspect of God, you don't break God or you don't break God's law. You get the fulfillment of it because as Reverend Coleman would say, I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. Therefore, the law is working with my thought. The law is working with my feelings. The law is working with my beliefs. The law is working with my words. The law is working with my actions. The law is working with my reaction. So I'm not breaking the law, but when I'm out of alignment with with the with the intent of the absolute good that we call God, I get cons- I can get consequences for that. So when Eric Butterworth says each day is a day of judgment, that is absolutely correct. The thing about it is, does the day of judgment have to be bad, wrong? improper and all of these things see a lot of times when we teach uh things sometimes because of the human experience we automatically go to the negative okay if every day is a day of judgment choose this day whom you will serve okay so as i'm walking in alignment with the truth of who i am in god and who god is in me that's a good day every day is a good day how about that that's an affirmation to take every day is a good day Every day is a blessed day. And I know some people might have that inner conversation going on on in your heads right now saying, well, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I don't have the money. I don't. My body's not acting right. Family's not acting right. Significant others not work, acting right. Work situation's not the way I want it. That has to, nothing to do with today is a good day. Because you get to decide that. You get to choose today's a good day. That has everything to do with you and whatever's happening outside of what's going on in your mind is what you allow to impress upon you that that um, your peace, your love, your well-being can be compromised. Now, that's not calling the... You know, that's not saying that everything that's out here that's expressing is in alignment with the truth of what God is. No, I'm not saying that because we adulterate many things through our thinking process. But what we're saying is, or what I'm saying is, you get to affirm and name it like like Joseph said to his brothers. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That didn't mean that God wanted him uh, left for dead in the pit, uh, taken into slavery, sold to Potiphar, accused of of, of uh, uh, attempted rape by Potiphar's wife, thrown in prison. Also, he can become second to the Pharaoh, but he turned a breakdown into a blessing, and you can too. All of us have the ability to turn breakdowns into blessings. All right, moving on. So. He starts off with a scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you. Matthew chapter 7 again, verses 1 and 2. And then he states this. This is the great law. It is a universal principle that is operative constantly for saint and sinner alike, for rich and poor, for young and old, for easterner and Westerner. All right. Then it goes on. It says the great misconception of the law leaves people on the endless round of trying to get something for nothing or hoping for the lucky break. It is this limited view of life that motivates the thief, the gambler, and even the speculator in the business world. 
We cannot get something for nothing. We cannot break the law and go unpunished. This is what Jesus taught. This concept is also found in the Hindu doctrine of karma. Then he gives his explanation of how karma um, works. He he goes on and says the Hindu explains everything in his world by karma. Now, this is his interpretation. OK, this isn't a Hindu saying this. This is his interpretation of what he understands. And I think that we need to make that differentiation. The Hindu explains everything in his world by karma, suffering, blessing, sorrow, joy, low caste, high caste, pauper, prince, poor man and rich man, the pitifully sick and radiantly healthy. Nothing a man does is ever lost. Nothing is unaccounted for. Nothing is forgotten, discarded or irrelevant. So from a surface level, what it's basically saying is, you know, what New Thought says at a very high level that our that our our uh, experiences are the reflections of our beliefs. Or as what the Apostle Paul said, God is not mocked, meaning divine law in this aspect is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. So it seems to be the same. But listen to his twist, which is very good. He says, <clears throat> on the surface, the doctrine of karma would appear to be the equivalent of Jesus' teaching of the law of compensation, but there is a vast and irreconcilable difference. The Hindu concept centers its attention chiefly on man's past and ultimate destiny. In other words, past and the future. There is little or no hope or promise of freedom today. Karma becomes a cycle of penalty and retribution that continues on from one incarnation to the next. The individual is chained to a relentlessly moving wheel by the accumulated sins of past lives. In other words, how you get free is freeing up the mistakes of the past. Again, his opinion, the Hindu has a resulting sense of hopelessness and futility. There's no healing, no way of overcoming, no way out. And he goes on and on and on about that. So then he says the essential difference between Jesus' teaching and the Hindu concept is the divinity of man. The Hindu is working toward the same goal as that which Jesus taught, oneness with God, self-realization, and purification of the soul. However, the Hindu, in his opinion, is working to reach the divine while Jesus taught that man is already divine. Now we wrestle with that. Uh, Jesus did teach that man was already divine, and I do believe that the Hindu teaches that as well. But I realize the concept that he's coming from, then I'm going to give my twist on it as soon as I finish reading this last part. Thus, while Jesus taught us to pray, believing that help and healing are already ours because of our unity with God, the Hindu seeks only to control his karma by thinking, speaking, and acting today in a manner that will bring good consequences in some future life. Now, I say this all the time because I'm a big believer in this. Emmett Fox stated it this way. Christ is Lord over karma. So, yes, there is the the divine law of reaping and sowing. but when we truly realize who we are spiritually, we can transcend the state of consciousness that created those experiences. Therefore, not have to get the consequences of that state of consciousness that we no longer are in. What ends up happening many times when people get too stuck on the law aspect of God that they lose the love. And the love aspect states, basically states that you're already whole, you're already at peace, you're already prospered, etc., because of who you are in God and who God is in you. But only that realization frees you. You know, in the Gospel of John says, when the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. The Son is the God idea within you, your true nature, God's idea of itself. Therefore, when you are working from the standpoint of of um, your Christ identity. As a realization, you can transcend the mistakes that were made in the past. This is key. This is key because you're not thinking right and feeling right and speaking right and acting right and, and reacting right so you can have a better future. You want a better now. Your better now will create a better future. But you know, if you get stuck on, okay, I'm in the situation I'm in right now, it's my karma. Only thing I can do is work for so my tomorrow can be better or my next life or whatever. And you can become resigned to, to a belief that, uh, that doesn't serve you. Okay, divine law is divine law. But divine law is not here to hinder us. 
is here actually to produce or manifest the the thoughts we hold in consciousness. That's a good thing. That's power. That's power at a high level. But it's also responsible power, which means that I can bring about my own um, pain, etc., by how I view life and how I deal with life based upon my consciousness. Therefore, it is really important for us to recognize that we never have to be stuck in any situation. We can always choose freedom through our own Christ nature. We can always choose liberty through our own God self. There's a part of you, the image and likeness of God, that is pure spirit, perfect, whole, and complete right now, regardless of what you are experiencing. You can have, you can have lint in your pocket and no money. And you're still spiritually perfect, whole, and complete. Your body could be ravaged in pain and what the world calls disease. And spiritually, you're still perfect, whole, and complete. Everything around you could be breaking down. And spiritually, you're perfect, whole, and complete. That's the shift that Jesus talked about consistently that we don't see. You know, you know, it's in, in, in the story, I believe it, I'm trying to remember it's Elijah or Elisha in the Old Testament when it's they were uh they were surrounded by an army and the servant awakened the prophet and basically was like, Look, we're surrounded, what we're we gonna do? And the prophet said, well, it's more with us than it is with them. And the prophet is looking like, it's just me and you. And the prophet said, God opened his eyes so he could see. And when he, then he had a revelation of, or vision of horses, chariots, with the horses breathing fire through their noses. And it was a symbolic of the omnipotence of God that was with them. See, we we judge literally by the appearance of things without realizing the power that really backs us up. It really makes, I mean, really think about it. It's more with us than it is with them, even though they were surrounded by an army. That's powerful. Now, before we take our first break, I do want to remind you that you could call into the show at 888-558. 6489-888-558-6489. Also, I want to remind you that Unity Online Radio shows are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, freely give. You are actually putting the law of compensation in action for yourself through your giving. You're planting a seed in fertile soil so this message can go out and transform the world. So click on the donate button and support Unity Online Radio. Um, also, I want to remind you that uh, my show, I have a Facebook page for my show, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the page. Please like it. You know, share it even. That'll be great. We're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? 
Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we are in the midst of the book, Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth in the chapter of the Law of Compensation. I'm on page 136. Um, the first full paragraph uh, reads, the, dynamics, the dynamic of Jesus' teaching is found in the words, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free from John 8.32. He accepted the fundamental underlying the karma law, and much of his teaching reflects this acceptance. But he taught that sequence and consequence, cause and effect, are law for matter and mind only. They are not law for the spirit. He quotes Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, when he he talks about there is no law of retribution in God. Yeah, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. So he says both causes and effects function in the realm outside of the kingdom of God consciousness. Why? Now, let's just pause there for a moment because he really doesn't say why. He just says that it is. Let me give you my why, not the why, my why. The kingdom of God consciousness is a consciousness that is present to the presence of God. What does that mean? It functions in the now, healing now, wholeness now, peace now, prosperity now, joy now. And because it functions in the nowness of God or the isness of God to make up words, it is not dealing with past and future. It is fully present to the presence. The kingdom of God consciousness has nothing to do with time. It has nothing to do with with uh, a person's limited thinking and feeling. So when we are in alignment with the truth of who we are and we transcend to this Christ consciousness, this kingdom of God consciousness, we transcend who we were because we're being who we really are. Therefore, Causes and effects are functioning outside of the realm of kingdom of God because that's based upon the past. What you've done is based upon the past. Who you've been is based upon the past. The kingdom of God consciousness is your spiritual being living in the spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. The, uh, the kingdom of God consciousness states that you're God's idea of itself. The kingdom of God consciousness is where love and power and substance and life and wisdom are fully manifested. You know, one of the things that um, anybody's ever studied um, the uh, unity metaphysics, specifically Charles Fillmore, um, will know a little bit about his concept called the 12 powers of man. And 
the 12 powers of man, for those who don't know, was his concept of innate spiritual faculties that are a part of man's or human beings, soul and body consciousness. In other words, the divine ideas, in other words, ideas and guide mind, they work mentally through the soul. And then they have locations in the body where if you focus on that location, it brings about an activity of that uh, faculty or mind power, some people call it. Now, this was interesting. Uh, many people have noticed that many of the points match up to the Hindu chakra system. Matter of fact, um, the Hindu chakra system, uh, there's a lot of people in unity now who don't teach 12 powers and they teach the chakra system, which I have no comment on. I'm just making that as a, as a, as a statement that I've noticed. And the interesting point when I start doing the studying of it, and this is just my position, this is not the position yet again was, um, you know, they all start base, basically base of the spine, go up. The 12 powers go a little, couple of different places, obviously, from 12 to 7. Many of the points match up, not necessarily representing the same thing. But at the crown of the head, what is considered for the 12 powers, not a faculty, but the actual super consciousness or Christ mind, and in the chakra system, the crown chakra, both representing what some would call super consciousness are both there. Now, one of the things that I realized um, many years ago was that the chakra system, you start base and you build the faculties up to the crown chakra. Um, in other words, as, and as you do, you're cl- working up levels until you get to that place. Whereas, uh, Charles Fillmore's 12 powers concept states that you start off with getting the awareness of the crown or the Christ mind at the crown of the head and get that energy going down to spiritualize the faculties. So in other words, starting with what's right about you, starting with what's already whole about you and bringing that energy down to spiritualize or in his terminology, baptize a center. And I thought that it was a very interesting concept that Fillmore, I don't know if this was done intentionally or not, innately started with what was already whole in us with that meditation. And obviously, you know, this is one of the things that I'm actually going to teach next year. Um, um, thinking about which book I want to use because I don't want to use his book. Uh, his book is um, not the best book to teach the concept. It's all over the place. Uh, but the point that I'm making is this. Either I, I'm, I'm rising my humanity up to my spirituality or I'm starting with my spirituality and descending that energy and that understanding to my humanity. I prefer the Fillmore method. That's just my take on that. Moving back to the book now. It goes on to say, Paul refers to this when he's uh, this. There is no, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus and the consciousness of the Christ, their innate divinity. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. Now, what he's basically saying was, it, and he in 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 Jesus's day and Paul's day because they were so heavy on Jewish law and penalty of Jewish law that a lot of it was based upon um you you the 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 guilt and the concept of the sin was based upon what, being told what was proper and what wasn't proper what was pure what wasn't pure what was considered uh, uh um um sacred and what was considered not sacred. But when you're in the process of the kingdom of God consciousness, you naturally come from a place of spirit that guides you into right action. One of the statements we say in the UFBL is we believe um, that learning to listen to the whisperings of the still small voice will ensure that we're guided in the right action. Therefore, if we are in tune with spirit, if we're in tune with this kingdom of God consciousness, that means that we're being guided in the right action. 
and not worried about the consequences of those actions because not only are actions pure and giving us good results, but our intentions are are good because a person can outwardly do something and have negative or horrible intentions. A person can befriend a person to betray them. So the outward actions look the same, but the intention is different. The universal law is going to pick up on that intention because that's what we really believe. That's what's really going on in consciousness. A person can tell you they love you while they're where they despise you. A person can claim to be helping you and it can be really sabotaging you. A person can be could say they're on your side, but they're functioning almost like a terrorist cell in your space. But the intention is what universal law picks up with, not just the outward action. You know, it's stated biblically that the Lord looks at a man's heart or the divine law looks at what's going on in that subconscious nature. The feeling, the memories, the attitudes, the beliefs. All right, moving along. He goes on to say, on page 136, when we enter into the spirit, we are free from bondage to the flesh. Our debt is canceled and we begin to know and experience life and wholeness. This is the basis of prayer. It is the key to healing, the principle of demonstrating prosperity, the way to overcoming of any kind. Know the truth and the truth shall make you free. This was Jesus's great contribution to man's eternal quest for truth. And strangely enough, it has been seldom emphasized in Christian theology if it has been emphasized at all. Now, I agree with that completely. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Because the thing about it is. At times, religion, and, and in this sense, he's talking about the Christian religion and Christian theologians have been more controlled, more concerned with Christ, in my opinion, with mechanisms to control people and instead of freeing people. Now, there are some people who want to be controlled. Tell me what to think. Tell me what to uh, believe. Tell me what how to dress, tell me what to say, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Because they don't want to do the thinking for themselves. It's a great responsibility to think independent of what you have been taught. It is a great responsibility to think for yourself. It is a great responsibility not to be, um, um, Binded by precedent. It's a great responsibility to know, really know, really know that your thinking gives you the ability to be a free agent. You know, Reverend Coleman used to say all the time when she was active in ministry that the church's job or her church's job was not to teach you what to think, but how to think. And I love that because she wasn't telling you, believe this because I said so. Because the book says so, or the Bible says so, or the preachers that came before me said so. She was saying, think. Go to God in you for yourself and get your answer. Now think about that. You can go to God in you for yourself. Not go to God out there. Not to go to the God uh, of your imagination. And what do I mean by that? Your concept of who you think God is. But actually, you can go to God for yourself. And whatever mistakes that were made, you can go to God for yourself and get yourself back in order. You know what I mean when I say that, in divine order, with integrity with yourself and your word. You know, you know, order my steps in your word. (laughs) I love that. Order my steps in your word. You know, that, you know, that's a song that is sung based upon a song. Order my steps in your word. 
Anyway, moving on. He says on page 137, all of this notwithstanding, we cannot overlook the underlying truth of the law of karma, the law of compensation, for it is the for it is basic in your life and in mine. As we think, speak, and act towards others, so will others think, speak, and act towards us. As we give, we receive. So in other words, the grace is not necessarily transcending. We still got to work within the concept of law. See, that's the paradox of God. God is law and grace. It seems like a paradox because we think one or the other. No. God can be love and law. That that's that's can be challenging to grasp. That's what you hear some thought people say, father, mother, God. They don't mean that God has genders. These these are different aspects of God. Because you can be a mother and a daughter and a sibling, you know, or a father, a son, a sibling, a husband. And it's the same person. And in and and a different aspect of you shows up depending on the role that you're playing at the time. All right. I love this though. He says the reason that it doesn't seem to be true, talking about the law of compensation. He says the reason that it does not seem to be true is that we're looking for the comeback from the same people. A worker might say, after all that I have done all that I've given to this organization, they fire me. A parent may complain, I have slaved and sacrificed for my children. And what thanks do I get? They go off and live their own lives with no concern for me. This frustration comes because of the common mistake of thinking the recipient is obligated to return what he has received. In human relations, we may be motivated by such a sense of obligation, but under the law of compensation, the return need not and probably will not come from the recipient. But it will come. In other words, if you help this person, doesn't mean that that person is, will will be the person that will bring back that which you will will be the vessel through which God will bless you for what you did. And when I say God will bless you, I mean the the results of the law of compensation. Don't look always from the same person. Now, I say that. With a caveat, well, let me just put it this way. Let me not try to. When you, it is perfectly reasonable to have expectations of certain relationships. All right, you know, if you're married, you should expect your spouse not to be wasting money out in the street on things that need to be utilized to take care of the household. That's reasonable, you know. You know, people, you know, you know, married should, you know, should expect if they if that's their understanding of what they mean to be married, to, that uh, that their needs for intercourse is handled within the, the 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 understanding of that marriage and not going off to handle that with someone else. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about how we help some people or we give good service here and we expect the return from the same place. No, it doesn't always work like that. You can bless somebody and your blessing can come way out of left field. You didn't even see it coming. So don't always look for the person who received the help to be the person that gives it back to you. It just always doesn't work like that. We're going to take our last break. and. We'll come right back with Truth Transforms. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogenholder. Using his characteristic wit, 
humor and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. If I were brave, I'd walk the razors where fools and dreamers dare to tread and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, we're in the midst of the book, Discover the Power Within You. I'm on page 138, teaching the law of compensation. And I'm reading the scripture. And why beholds thou the mote in, that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how would thou say to thy brother, let me cast out the mote of thine eye, and lo, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of of thy brother's eye. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. And yet again, why I don't like reading from the King James Version. Anyway. The word moat, he says, means a splinter of wood or a speck of sawdust. The word beam means a log or a large plank. All right. This is a figure of speech that is purposely grotesque like the camel in a needle's eye. Nothing is more absurd than a man trying to pin the blame for his problems on the slight misdeeds of others when they are glaring limitations in his own consciousness. Jesus was a master psychologist. He knew that people have a tendency to attempt to justify their own weakness by looking for weaknesses in others and also to rise above their own sense of insufficiency by cutting people down to their size. Quite often, the reformer in life is trying to change the world and the people in it because he has a secret sense of injustice in the way the world has treated him. He who would save the world must first of all save himself. So I'm skipping down on to what it says. So Jesus is, Jesus advises, forget about that speck of weakness of limitation you find in the other fellow. Get busy changing your own level of consciousness. Now, what he's basically saying is this. And again, I taught this in great detail on the Sermon on the Mount lessons that I did. Um, um, either it was earlier this year or last year. I think it was last year. Anyway, that we have a tendency to focus on the very, very, very small mistakes of other folks and use that to justify the reason why we act the way we act and do the things that we do without dealing with the log or the issue that is glaring and noticeable by everybody that's sticking out of our own experiences. Therefore, we have to be mindful that we 
literally, literally, literally need to really work on ourselves so we can see our brother and our sister properly in the spirit. That doesn't mean that they're not human consequences of things that people do. You know, people don't play well with others. Unfortunately, we have, as a civil society, we have to have places for people to, to go when they can't play well with others. But that doesn't mean that you have to behold them as anything less than who they really are in God, even if they have to have the consequences of their choices. Therefore, work on yourself, Jesus is saying. Then you can go out and deal with the world. Deal with yourself. All right. You know, you know, if if we always think it's about the other the other man, the next man or woman, then we're not necessarily dealing on the one thing we can control. And that's our own consciousness. All right. Next uh, page 140, it says, give not that which is holding unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before the swine, lest they hap- lest happily they trample them under their feet and turn and rend you. So basically, on page 141, he wraps it up. He says, if you find yourself being hurt by the resistance of the cynic, ask yourself, why am I so obsessed with the need to give him the light of truth? Perhaps it is because you are attempting to escape the responsibility of meeting problems in yourself. See the good in other people and then leave them alone. Get the log out of your own eye. Work to eliminate from your mind the thought that this other person desperately needs the truth. In other words, this is not saying that the people that are in your space cannot benefit from your consciousness. But but when you walk up to anybody and you have and you start with your conversation with what needs to be fixed in them, you automatically are no longer necessarily relating to them person to person. Because Anyone would automatically become defensive if the first thing you tell me is something is wrong with me. Even if I know something is wrong with me, I don't want you pointing out to me that something's going on with me, you know, because it's almost this unsaid human thing um, that happens in interactions with other people. If you don't call me on my stuff, I won't call you on your stuff. You ever just been around, you know, like, okay, you knew it was things that needed to be said or done in a relationship. They could be intimate. It could be with your parents, your siblings, your children, friends, work. If you don't call me on my stuff, I won't call you on yours. Okay. I won't call you on being late. If you won't call me on, I take an extra 15 minutes for lunch. Stuff like that. You know, I won't call you on. On on you not handling your responsibilities in the home with the bills. Uh, if you don't call me on, I like to take my money and go to the boat and gamble it away for fun. I won't call you on your stuff. You don't call me on mine. What well, the problem is with that is only thing that actually happening is when 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 that type of situation happens, you're being phony and they're being phony. So what he's simply saying is when he says um, you don't have to be inauthentic with folks. You can be authentic and then if they don't want what you have to offer, lovingly retreat. That doesn't mean, you know, I mean, people have to be free to choose the life that they want. You can want something for somebody. But sometimes you can want it so bad that you can squeeze them to death trying to give it to them. You can't fix anybody. And when you try to start fixing folks, you can get damaged. That's what he means when he says don't give what is holy in the dogs. If you're not in a space where a person can appreciate what you're giving them legitimately, that might not be what's best for you. I don't know. But it should really make you think. It should really make you think. Because a dog doesn't know the difference between what's holy and what's not holy. What do I mean by that? A dog has no sense of value. That's when I laugh when I see people who are dog owners. And I love dogs, so don't take this the wrong way. I love dogs. Grew up with them all my life. Don't have one now. Don't have time to take care of a dog. But I say that because people who do all these super fancy things for dogs 
without realizing they're just dogs. A dog's not a person. Dog don't care if they got the latest sweater, uh, the nails polished, uh, the the uh, super pimped out doghouse. It's no different than the, um, you know, uh, like a pigs and swine. I mean, swine and pearls. A pig doesn't care if you put pearls around his neck. It has no value for it. What we do is we have value and we oppose our value on things. So we try to put what we consider valuable on someone else and what we consider it valuable on somebody else. What ends up happening is you have every right to talk to them and present it. And if they're open and receptive to it, great. And if not, great. But stop trying to force stuff down people's throats. There's a difference between having a conversation that goes along with how this truth has helped you and transformed your life and um, you you need to get fixed. You need to get yourself together. That's judgmental, even if it's absolutely true. It's the space that we come from. And many of us haven't learned the skill of talking to people in a way that's harmonious. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, the last scripture he uses is ask and it shall be given you. See, not the last, the last one I'm reading. Uh, knock and it shall be open to you for everyone that asks, receive it. This is the ask, seek, knock scripture. Let me move on. This clearly implies divine law and not caprice in God's response to prayer or human effort. In prayer, we are working with the law of compensation. We may have thought that prayer was a way to overcome karmic law or dissolve the bad debts we have accumulated, a way of getting God to interfere. But God doesn't interfere. There's no possible way we can get something for nothing, not even through prayer. Prayer works with and through the law of compensation, not in opposition to it. But when you pray and get to the God consciousness, then you have actually gained something. It's not something for nothing. You're at a different level of consciousness. Therefore, you have a different experience. I'm going to end there because, yeah, I know it's more chapter, but that's why I asked you to get the book so you can read it yourself. I'm just, you know, teaching a few things. So next week, I'm going to teach how God forgives, how God forgives. So make sure that you check that out. I want to remind people who are listening again in the Chicagoland area to come out to the live recording of uh, Christ Universal Temple's music CD for, during our Sunday morning worship service. Special time this Sunday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you're in the Chicagoland area, make sure you check it out. Again, people who are uh, part of our online viewing congregation, this service will not I repeat, it will not be streamed. So check back with us on the stream two weeks from now. Also, a reminder that the church is having this 57th anniversary gala on uh, this Sunday as well, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can call the church uh, at uh, 773-568-2282 to get more information. You can also go online, www.cutemple.org to get more information. Yet again, I want to remind you that uh, we're going to work through this book all the way through until we finish. So make sure you get it. Um, I'm thinking about starting the new year off with 12 powers. I'm just trying to figure out a book to utilize because I don't think Charles Fillmore's book is a good book to teach. The concept is um, it's all over the place. Um, and some of the information in it now, I would consider um in need of too much explanation and and on top of that he was a person that uh in my opinion was a um very anti-sensation sexual and etc and it comes across in his writings um um not knowing how to deal with sexual energy he really downs it especially when dealing with the uh the life faculty and the renunciation faculty and somewhat in the love faculty i get his point but i i don't agree with his extreme conclusions with some things. Therefore, uh, I'll figure out a book and we'll go from there and I'll let you know early enough to do it because we'll have a little Christmas break also to help you out. So anyway, th 
Thank you all for listening. Continue reading the book, Discover the Power Within You. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep evolving. We're going to keep doing what we need to do to make life work for us. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words. God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.